The GovX show is supported by Forrester, helping government organisations perform at their best. Visit forrester.com to learn more. So, Glenn, welcome back to the GovX show, uh, repeat guest. And I think we're going to have some fun today because we've got a really interesting topic to drill into. But welcome back. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me back. And uh, yeah, I'm only the second person I think who's able to say, well, thanks for having me back. So yeah, uh, yeah. Lord Francis Maud was the other repeat guest. So you're in great company there. Um, And, you know, you behaved yourself first time out as well. So we thought. We thought we'd let you come back um, <laughs> through a few hand grenades into the public sector, which is good. We want to we want to challenge people out of their sort of conventions. So I think we might be able to do a bit the same today. Um, so before we drill into something that we've set you a little bit of homework to do before we before the conversation, we want to explore this idea of what are those golden rules for data driven services? What are the things that you need to have in place and the things you need to understand to really make a success of these data driven projects and services, which everybody wants, but not everybody's delivering successfully. So you've got a lot of experience working with different organizations around this stuff. So we're going to, we're going to try and get the, the, the nuggets of gold that you've culled from them along the way. But before we do tell us, tell us a bit about you and tell us a bit about your role with Maytech and kind of how you're working with the public sector right now. No worries. Well, I'm Glenn Ochkor. Uh, I'm the head of local government here at, at Maytech. Um, having spent about a decade working inside local government, I've got, I got this real, really strange love for the sector. It's, I, I just, it, it's, I get uh, taken a mickey internally when I keep saying it's where the rubber hits the road in terms of public services. Because other than health, which only affects people during like times of extreme need, all the things that affect our lives are done at a local government level. You can set the strategy at national, but when it actually comes down to delivering on it, it's local government all the way. Um, yeah, it's also one of the most unloved parts of the entire public sector. So um, yeah, I love talking about it and being part of it and trying to help it do good things. And that's that's what we do at Maytech. Our mission is to, to use technology to improve the lives of everyone, basically. And um, that's what we want to do with local government. We've, we're working with councils up and down the country, big and small, um, and taking all of our central government experience, all of our health experience and defence and all that, and thinking, how can we also apply this in a local government setting? And we're yeah, really proud to be uh, doing some, some really good things and working with some amazing people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get into some of that and some of the examples as, as we go through. So, yeah, we, we talked about we've talked about data in many guises in the public sector and there's lots of it, right? That's not a surprise. Um, but we're getting better at collecting it, understanding it, processing it, and really 
looking for meaningful outcomes as opposed to just going, well, we'll keep it for a rainy day and eventually we might work out what to do with it. So I want to understand a bit about what those, what are those foundations that you really need to have in order to be good at this stuff. So the, there's a panel session that you're going to be talking with us next month, at the government transformation show, local government transformation show around data driven services. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The clue there being that there's an outcome, there's a service that's powered by these insights. So we want to make use of it as opposed to just having it. But if you don't do it right from the get go, you're probably going to go astray somewhere on the line. So we asked you for your golden rules um, and we're going to run down these now. I think you came up with about eight. So you might throw another one in the mix as we go, but we'll we'll keep it at eight for now and see where we get to. So let's let's jump into this because I'm really curious to find out what you think of these absolute fundamentals. So. Throw, throw us number one. What what do you got on your list? Well, firstly, I'm really pleased at the title of that session. Data-driven services. It's about using data to drive action. Rule number one is exactly around driving services. It's always have a purpose for your data. It sounds like a really obvious thing, but so much data is out there. And um, I remember back in the days of Eric Pickles, uh, uh, the old... Um, the CLG, I think it was back in yeah, the Yeah, whatever it was called many, yeah. many guises ago, yeah. A few iterations ago. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, we'll just, just throw all the data out there and we'll have an, an army of armchair auditors who will make amazing things happen. No matter what data was thrown out there, it was, what's the point of it? It's just out there and it's data. Um, with data, it has to be, what are we gonna do with it? It's no good having it. How are we gonna use it? What data have we got already? What data do we need? And how can we bridge those two gaps to make things happen? Because if you haven't got a point to your data, so what? what is the point of it? So um, it allows you to, to take that Occam's razor. Do we need this? Yes, keep it, do something with it. Um, if we don't, get rid. Um, so yeah, for rule number one, always have a purpose for your data. I like it. I like it. I think, as we said up top, there's, there's a bunch of stuff out there. And if you don't know what you're collecting it for, maybe maybe that's not the right thing to be doing. So I like that as a kickoff. So Karen, then number two, what, what's next? What's next for the golden rules? Number two is make your data interoperable. Share nicely. There's so much data out there that's locked away in proprietary systems. We've been working with some London boroughs where the, the platforms they use they make a point of locking things away, not because they're worried about data security and cybersecurity and that sort of thing. They just, the harder it is to unlock it, the harder it is to get off their platforms. Um, You can understand it, but it doesn't excuse it. If we don't have data that's able to be moved easily between systems and platforms and into data lakes and out into different through warehousing, actually, it's not good enough because that data just gets hidden away. Um, nobody, it's no use having a, a set of Sunday best crockery just stuck in a cupboard that no one's ever gonna use. Why would we do the same with data? So rule number two, make sure your data is interoperable. That's interesting. And, and you could almost throw into that, that's uh, probably a clumsy phrase, but make, make your mindset interoperable, right? I mean, mm. you, you might have the technical capacity to do it, but if you still have that mistrust or fear or hesitancy, you're not going to take advantage of the technical opportunities. Oh, the tech is always the easiest bit. And I say that as someone who doesn't know how to write a line of code. But the tech is the easy bit because you, there are so many solutions out there and these solutions are improving all the time. The difficult part is the culture. It is the mindset and the people. Um, and data is going to enable us to, to unlock some of that potential and show value. Um, so it really is uh, just the more we can share, the more we can build upon, the more we can layer on things and, and build in a way which allows you to, to build these building blocks of, of data and, and views of people and services and so on, the more we can actually do things with it. 
Yeah. Do you get a sense that we're getting better in terms of the culture piece? I mean, there are examples of government, government, central government agencies collaborating, obviously, through the pandemic, sharing insights, sharing data, and then even local authorities as well, collaborating on shared services and this sort of mm. stuff. So is it improving? Improving? Yeah. But uh, one of my key things, <coughs> I'm always happy, but never satisfied. I'm happy that we are making some progress, but it's nowhere near quick enough. We saw at the start of the pandemic in terms of the infrastructure and tech, we saw six years of development happening in six months. Um, that pace obviously was breakneck and we couldn't maintain quite that, but I worry that we're slowing down too much, that we're, we're kind of just going back to, well, you know, we can get back to the way things were. Life is settling down again. It's, it's, it's not. Why, why are we missing that opportunity to, to actually do things differently, to fundamentally rethink things? There are a lot of councils we're working with where they are starting to say, well, the starting point is the most difficult part. Once we've started, actually, the more we can go into it, the, the better. And they're starting to really see that kind of compound interest of data. Um, but if we don't start, if other organisations are not starting on those journeys and really doing things fundamentally different, then it's going to take a long time to get back up to speed. Yeah, that pendulum that swung so far in one direction, if, if you let it, it'll swing back and we'll be back where we started, and, you know what we've been through has been horrific in many ways but there are some things that we do want to build on and capitalize on and that that mindset of being more collaborative through necessity but now through choice is is a big one that we want to keep hold of i guess definitely yeah yeah okay so covered that one off nicely so what's what's next on your list number three rule number three data standards exist stop reinventing them and if they don't exist then actually find someone be consistent um Data standards allow not just you as an organization to operate with your data and use it, but it allows other suppliers and other partners and so on to understand that data much more easily and much more quickly. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of mapping that has to go on, but if there is a standard to be used, use it, be consistent about it and insist that everyone internally and insist on suppliers meeting those standards because they're there for a reason. What it, what it allows is much more quick setting up of data and much more uh, quick understanding of it and so on um whereas if all you're doing is, is using so many different data standards and different ways of doing things and so on it doesn't allow you to, to quickly and easily and seamlessly slot things together you spend so much time uh, understanding the data and trying to rework it so it does fit together you lose all momentum so yeah standards they exist use them why why are we not good at it is it is it just a natural function of people come and go we we start new projects we we don't apply the same rules why do they proliferate so much i think i think one of it in and i've got to admit um and this is right this is even predates my time in local government is everyone wants agrees everyone should use standards um but everyone thinks they should use the standards they're using uh so it's, it's if everyone does that then everyone's going to keep using different standards and there's, it just doesn't allow any progress at some point you've got to say yeah, these, we, we believe these were good, but let's be honest, these ones are either just as good and or better. So for the good of the, the organization, let's combine them. Let's actually sign up to those and use those. Um, yeah, people are just so myopic when it comes to, to progress that they want to just do everything themselves. Lots of other very clever people have done that work already. So build on that. Yeah, let's spend our time doing the real value add stuff rather than doing that, re repeating that legwork and retreading that ground again. Okay, so next up, what have we got? What have you got for me next in terms of number four? Data rule number four is a little bit of a personal bugbear of mine. If a data set isn't truly unique, don't call it that. 
Uh, we've been doing uh, a lot of experience of uh, working sort of housing and planning and so on. And uh, speaking to someone the other day about UPRNs, unique property reference numbers, to find out which building is which. And I said, well, uh, can we have a, a access to a UPRN list? He said, well, which one? <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't the clue in the U? <laughs> um, and what I'm saying here is, is so many different data sets are similar or overlapping, um, and they all claim to be the single version of the truth, but they're not. Um, so you still need this unique part of the unique setup. Um, so with buildings in particular, it's a, it's a simple thing. It doesn't matter if the fire brigade calls it the hotel, if um, someone else calls it three to 15 Smith Street, and someone else calls it 15 Smith Street. That might be unique to their, their organizations, but when we're talking about bringing data together, you still need one way of understanding that each one of those is this unique property. Um, and the same goes for everything. If you've got these um, unique reference numbers for individuals, for services, for, for data points, um, just understand that there's probably other ones out there. And unless you're using those data standards and so on, you don't know a way of, of making them interoperable. You're gonna draw them together in one place. That's the unique part of it. So just be unique or don't. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I like it. Okay, so number five, what have you got for us? Number five is if you can't make your data easy to understand, it will never become information. And there's a subtle distinction between data and information. Data is, is facts. Information is actually how we're going to use that to inform something. And this is where the, the whole data-led decision-making, the drive um, to improve services, um, that's the only way of, of making it happen. But it's not going to happen if that data is difficult to understand. If, if you're overcomplicating it by trying to layer too much on or you're trying to access too many different services and, and cram it in because you think that might make it more easy, easy to understand, it, it often doesn't. Um, like I was saying earlier, use that, that um, and I'll, I'll come on to this in, in rule number six, um, simplicity is king. Um, and when you've got your data, try and make it simple and easy to understand. And not just um, uh, to understand for technical people or, or people who are involved in, in understanding data, actually decision makers, let's be honest, yeah. they're very rarely data scientists. So if you've got an elected official or a senior, man a senior manager or, or, or leader, find ways of making it easy to understand. Use dashboards, use visual graphics, um, use different tools and techniques to turn that data into something they're going to understand. Because if they don't understand it, they're never going to use it. And it just becomes, oh yeah, well, we've, we've got some data sets in the appendix. Um, that's fine, I'm sure, I'm sure they're all fine. No, we want, we want people to be using this and owning it and being curious about it yeah. because they're yeah. the ones making the decisions. And if they're doing it based on incomplete or inaccurate data, then it's going to go awry. Yeah. It's, and you could almost apply that logic all the way through from, like you said, you know, policymakers through the, you know, the data science teams, but also to the people delivering on the front line as well. Do they understand the impact of what they're doing? Do they understand what the numbers mean in terms of outcomes and real impact? Mm. And if everybody's kind of bought into that, if everybody sees the value in the data and the numbers, and as you say, the information and the insights contained, then, you know, when people are capturing data at, at the point of delivery, they're going to do a better job of it because they know that it's going to feed all the way back to actually create yeah. a better service design. There's something wonderful about, as a member of staff, knowing which of those needles you're helping to tick up, which bits of your work you're contributing to. So that kind of golden thread of, of even the most kind of entry level person and the organizational goals and the kind of that golden thread up, that this is what we should be doing as an organization. Every person in that chain should know I'm doing this and this is how it's measured. 
um, and look how I'm making a difference and look at the numbers that I'm helping to, to increase just even in a small way or a big way, whatever it is, it just makes you feel part of something much bigger than that. And councils are delivering what 600 up to 600 different functions. Um, it's important for everyone to know that they're part of something bigger and not just turning up doing a tiny little thing and then going home afterwards. Yeah, and you can sort of see a way in which, you know, the, the people with data in their job title and digital in their job title, increasingly they're going to have to be reaching out into the whole organisation. It's mm -hmm. not just going to be, well, you know, you do your coding or you you crunch your numbers. You need to be an advocate for what data can do and evangelise it with everybody in the organisation so that, you know, you realise that when you're getting someone to complete a field on a form, yeah. them completing it properly has a knockback effect all the way back up the line to where we're capturing the data where we're processing it and i think that cultural piece of, of them being ambassadors for the power of data is only going to grow i guess yeah i remember back to my uh kids school and i think there was a survey or a form that was filled out and it wasn't until uh we felt all the parents were told if you fill this in this means we get more money so we can do more things if you don't fill it in we don't get in trouble but actually we're not gonna be able to provide these after school clubs. We're not gonna be able to do this. And it was just knowing that their actions actually were contributing to something good. It wasn't a punishment or anything. It was, I can help do a good thing by just giving a bit more data. Um, and that really, really helps. And so if everyone knows that they can contribute to that and, and build up this picture of people and, and services, I can't understand why someone would not wanna be, want be doing that. Yeah, it reminds me, um... Our, our GM for government, David Wilde, who was, used to be CIO of Essex County Council, he, I, I remember he told me they were doing a sort of data audit and they'd managed to find ways to spell South End about eight different ways, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's fault at source, right? And if, if, if that's your approach to, to data and collection and processing, then you're going to have problems. So it is, it is kind of everybody's business to varying degrees that, you know, we're all part of that, we're all part of that solution. Uh, and, and fixing things at source as opposed to the poor soul who's doing the data cleanse having to fix all these kind of issues so yeah the, the quickest way of doing something is to do it right the first time yeah yeah there we go in in a nutshell so right let's get to, let's get to the next one number six what have you got number six Mary condo your data uh, for those who haven't actually uh looked into it Mary condo she did this uh, whole thing about decluttering uh pick up an item hold it in your hand does it bring you joy? If it does, keep it. If it doesn't, get rid of it. Uh, I'm useless at this. I've got shelves full of rubbish and so on. But I feel like I get a lot of joy out of those. And so with this approach, it's not saying get rid of all data except for the absolute bare minimum. It's thinking with your data, what part is it playing? Um, is, it, is it up to date? Is it current? Uh, is it actually being used? Is it useful? And if it's not, probably don't need it. And as I was saying earlier about keeping it simple, the more simple and streamlined data is, the easier it is to understand and the quicker you're going to get some value out of it. So with data, it's really about looking at what's up to date, what's useful, what's useful, either now or you know it's going to be used in the future. Keep hold of that. Everything else probably don't need and be really quite ruthless about it because it will the the less you have to consider and think about, the easier it's going to be to make progress. Yeah, I can see why people are a bit squeamish or nervous about it because there's, there's a mindset that also says, well, you don't know what's coming over the horizon. And you, and you yeah. might think, oh, I wish I'd been collecting the data on, you know, how many kids are eating school packed lunches for the last 10 years, because now we can use that to inform, you know, school meals or whatever. And it, it, you've, got to, you've got to apply an intelligent kind of scrutiny, but also be a little mm -hmm. bit brave and, and sort of say, 
okay, we're really clutching at straws if we think that's, you know, the number of... And just eggs. think, every every bit of data that you're you're then not collecting, so it might, actually that seems like there could be some value with that down the line, so that that's fine, but if you're saying um, how many kids are eating packed lunches uh, out of red lunch boxes, yeah. who gives a damn? And every bit, of, every bit of time and effort you're doing collecting and collating and checking and cleaning and combining that data is time you then can't spend on something much more useful. So it's just about being, like you're saying, being, being harsh, being brave and get rid of the stuff that actually you know really isn't going to add any understanding yeah. or, or any richness. And also trusting the fact that if you need it in future, odds are you probably won't need 5, 10, 15, 20 years worth of that. Um, it's about an understanding and a snapshot of, of what's going on at that moment. Um, so be, 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 be smart about what you're doing in that. Yeah, way. yeah. Apply a bit of apply the critical factors and if it and, and i guess don't leave it to one person because you need a bit of perspective around this so you know collaborate on this and, and really kind of get the brains trust together and really think well could we use this in the future yeah. like, you make, know. make a case for it you know it, there's there's nothing better than actually doing a, a bit of a you know a bit of a trial a bit of a challenge session um and make the case why do we need to keep collecting this um and have someone whose sole job is to oppose that whose sole job is to question it and challenge it and at the end of it you might actually actually yeah we do need that data we, we're able challenge is brilliant because it allows you to to either solidify your your understanding and and your your beliefs or change them and i think we're too scared in public sector of looking like we didn't know what we're doing and being wrong and saying oh yeah no we made a mistake this this blame culture that unfortunately it's it's endemic in every, most organizations means that we, we want to defend it because we said it was right at some point and we don't want to be able to, to change. We need to make more, much more of an agile mindset of, at the time, it was the right decision. We've learned more since then. And now we know that actually we're going to change it and do it differently. Yeah. Um, and no recriminations about, oh, yeah, I told you so. It's, yeah. It has to just be a mature way of doing things. Yeah. So Marie Kondo says, no more red lunch boxes. <laughs> you, heard it. you heard it here first. <laughs> There's All, right. All right. Lucky number seven. What's what's next on the list? Penultimate entry on the list. Ask the right questions, otherwise you'll end up with the wrong data. Okay. It, if you don't know what you're trying to get out of it, then you're never going to find that information. You might stumble across it by luck, but that's that's rare at best. In every organisation, you've got research specialists, consultation specialists, engagement specialists who know are able to take what are the outcomes we need to achieve and then work a way of getting that data, getting that engagement, that buy-in and understand it. If you're not doing that and you're asking just about everything or asking it in difficult ways, like you're saying about um, uh, South End, if, if you don't ask, how are we going to spell South End, then you're never going to get that. It will just be so many different streams. Or if you, you phrase things in a, in a very open way and well, actually you want a bit of closed data um, or vice versa know what you're trying to know what the outcomes are start with the outcomes you want to achieve and then work out what data sets you need what data already exists and then what questions can be asked to fill in those gaps um, and be really clear and explicit about what you're asking otherwise you just you generate random rubbish yeah and, and i guess that same mindset and that same level of scrutiny is, is helpful for point six right which is what's the end goal what's the point mm. What you collect and what you keep are kind of the you know, two sides of the same coin, aren't they? Like you know, you get and if you get better at deciding what you need to collect, then you you, you make your life about what to keep easier because you don't collect the rubbish in the first place. Eventually, you get better at it. Absolutely, it, it means it, you, you can actually look at it and say, did we we wanted this bit of data? The questions we ask have not given us the clarity on that. 
So let's redo it. Let's let's get a new data set that, that actually does do that. And we'll ask it in this way because we know we're going to get that, not those answers, but answers to that question. Um, I think there's a, a slight distinction there. But yeah, think about what you need to achieve and then track back from there. Yeah. Good sense. Good sense. Right. Last up. Number eight. Number eight. Seriously, have a purpose to your data. <laughs> it's rule number one and the start and the end of things. It, it, know what you want to do and then do it. Don't just do random things hoping that things will come along or that you might stumble across a solution. Have a point to what you're doing. Be uh, purpose driven with your decision making and your data collection and, and use. Otherwise, you're, you're just going to be throwing bits of data here, there and everywhere, not useful, not used. Um, and it undermines those cases where actually you do have a, a good story to tell and you do have good data that can be used by senior leaders to make decisions. So have a point to it, make that point happen and be really clear about what you're aiming to achieve um, and how you're going to track that as well. So, um, yeah, first and starts and finishes with having a purpose to what you're doing. All right. Well, in our chart rundown, we'll, we'll give it. It's definitely number one spot. And then the, the remix is at number eight. So we're, <laughs> we're in good shape. Well, that's, that's great. I think, you know, we've, we've laid down the law in terms of some of these things. I think most organizations probably get it, but can't necessarily get out of their own way sometimes in terms of enacting some of these. So it's really good to reiterate, you know, these are, these are simple concepts to get your head around. They're not, they're not like, you know, technical things They're they're about logic, common sense, good practice, aligning culture with process uh it's not and horrible it, it, rocket science critical mass for making this all work isn't huge you, you don't need to start by saying we're going to build a data lake and we're going to do all this and we're going to invest actually start off with a few data puddles you know make sure that they're done properly and they link up together stick a few puddles together comes becomes a pond you know stick it uh, enough of those together and you start building this that but you're doing so iteratively showing value along the way and proving that this concept works um if you can start off with something major great that's it's much easier to, to just start with the small things get them right uh, and prove the concept works and show that it can be replicated with different data sets and different teams and different services um and the out the, out, the outcomes will speak for themselves if you do it properly so start small and just iterate from there yeah Good stuff. Well, as I said up top, we, we've got, um, we're going to drill into this in even more detail uh, at local gov transformation show. And we've got, you're going to be joining some colleagues from Camden, from the Welsh Local Government Association, uh, Oxfordshire County Council, some of the kind of innovation team there. So looking forward to that one. For you, for you, what's, what's, what are you looking forward to getting out of that in terms of those conversations, hearing what other people are doing? Well, it's, it's the variety of organisations involved in there. Um, I want, I'm really looking forward to, to reinforcing the fact that an approach that works in a, a district authority, actually the same sort of principles and standards, will be able to drive things in a unitary, will be able to drive things in a principality. Um, you know, getting the basics right and making sure that everyone's working in the same sort of ways actually really reinforces that. And I really want, I'm excited to hear these stories and, and the challenges, because there's going to be different challenges and different flavors of approach and so on. Um, but these people that we're that are going to be part of that panel were doing really exciting things and really pushing things forward. Um, and it is again the, the outcomes that they're trying to achieve rather than just the processes they're going through to get there. That inspires me, the way they're using data to do good things. And I've got a couple of examples that I'm going to share at the session about how just small little bits of date using data 
not just has made an organization better, but actually has fundamentally improved and possibly even saved lives already, just in the first try of us doing it. So really excited to be able to share some of those stories. Great stuff. Well, we can't wait to have you join us. It's going to be a good session. Uh, like you said, great panel, great lineup, lots of different types of organizations there, all doing good work. But yeah, that spirit of collaboration, let's share what works, let's share what doesn't work, let's share how we fix these things. That's the way we're all going to move forward together in terms of the public sector. So can't wait. Um, in the meantime, Glenn, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. We've given people their eight golden rules. Mental note to everybody at home, tick them off how are you doing on these are you, are you are you walking the walk as well or not and if not why not and how can you change it next week so really enjoy getting you back on the show glenn sharing all that practical insight thanks for joining us again absolute pleasure looking forward to my hat trick appearance <laughs> we'll we'll find something special to talk about then <laughs> so there we have it thank you glenn for the conversation today and for sharing your eight golden rules of data-driven government services Loads of potential in this space, but if you don't get those fundamentals right, you're building on a bed of sand and things are going to go downhill pretty quickly. So good to understand what those fundamentals are. If your own organisation is not fulfilling them all, probably a chance to look around and see what you can do to make things better. As we said, Glenn's joining us at the Local Gov Transformation Show next month when he'll be exploring those in more detail on the panel session, Data-Driven Services. As well as Glenn, we have Sam Hall, who's the Chief Digital Officer at the Welsh Local Government Association. We also have Llewellyn Morgan, who is the Head of Innovation at Oxfordshire County Council. And we have Sudip Trivedi, who is the Head of Data and Analytics at the London Borough of Camden. Fantastic lineup of speakers representing all different tiers of local government in the UK. So really looking forward to that session you can join them for that conversation by signing up for free all you have to do is head over to the link in the show notes that i'll attach to this episode and that panel session is happening live on the 16th of november at 4 30 p.m going to be a great session so don't miss out just head along to that link and sign up that's about it for this episode but i'll be along soon with another conversation with a public sector change maker but until then goodbye